0: Here by the Owl Podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki fiddle Dahl and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time.
1: Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of here by the owl podcast today we are excited to have Corinne with us to tell us all about the review games that she's been using um, especially now that she is virtual so why don't you start out by introducing yourself and giving us a little bit of a background of your teaching
2: sure Um, so my name is Corinne washer Um, I am in my 16th year of teaching Um, I have taught the last 15 years at Galesburg High School in Illinois, and I taught one year before that um, in a rural school in Kentucky, so I'm actually from Illinois, I I moved closer to home, Um, so yes, I've been in Galesburg ever since. I teach in a very non-traditional program. Um, We live in a very rural area, but um, our town is kind of strange in the fact where it has a very urban population. um, And so a lot of our kids are more um, urban background. So I actually have a very large ag program and I see about 150 to 160 students, which I've grown from about, I don't know, 80 or 90 when I got here. Um, But a pretty small FFA chapter. Um, We only have about, well, we, we were up to about 35, but I had two pretty big graduating classes and I think like everybody sees it's kind of cyclical. Um, and so we're kind of on the downside right now, and uh, COVID's not doing much for that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, very non-traditional. We don't have any lab space. We have no greenhouse, no shop, no uh, hardly anything. So I've really had to adapt. Um, so my kids. Um, are really big into um, fish and wildlife is my biggest course with about 70 to 80 students enrolled a year and uh, we do the hunter safety course and things like that. Um, And then my animal science classes are pretty big. Um, I teach uh, basic animal science, vet science, um, horse management and aquaculture. So um, yeah, so we're kind of, you know, big into uh, less Um, production type of ag and kind of more um, the animal science side of things and and science in general.
0: I love that. I want to come visit. Your program sounds (laughs) so unique. I feel like in North Dakota, a lot of them look very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really cool.
2: Now you mentioned. area, Yeah, even in our area. um, That's another thing that I think kind of goes against us too is we have rural schools all around us that pick up our rural, our rural ag community and our rural kids. And so, you know, we don't even really have that feeding into our, into our base. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> th- those people listening, they are already relating to you when you said COVID is making FFA membership hard and getting those kids active hard. And uh, before we started, you mentioned that you were hundred percent virtual, um, yeah. correct? And have you been teaching virtually all school year? Oh, we never went back all school year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You deserve a raise. (laughs) Um, Well, okay. So that being said, you know, how have you as a, as an ag teacher kind of reframed your mind and taken all of these, um, let's focus on review games, all these fun, you know, review materials that you probably did in a traditional in person face-to-face classroom. How are you kind of re- reframing your thinking to keep that engagement alive virtually, which we all know is hard. It was it was definitely tough at first,
2: just um, more so trying to wrap my head around how am I gonna put these kids in teams? Because very rarely do I have everybody show up into me all at one time and in their screen view and my screen view are different. And so, um, that was kind of the first obstacle is one, what resources am I gonna use? But two, how am I gonna um, split these kids up, keep them engaged and things like that? So uh, one, one thing that I use for that um, is Flippity. It's a, I think it's a Google extension and they have a template and you just put all the kids'
0: names in. Is that the platform you're using is Google Classroom? or which platform do you use? We we do have Google Classroom okay. for our
2: LM the learning, learning platform. platform. Yeah. Okay. Um so anyhow this Flippity it, it's just a name generator. It, there's a lot of different templates in it if you go to flippity.net, flippity.com. I don't I'll put that in the on my resource page as well, but um so anyhow you put in all the names and there's a you have to publish to the web and then there's a spot where you go to the link and then you can choose. Um, there's like a random name picker. You can put into various different teams. I like it too because if if uh, maybe I put the whole class in there and not the whole class is there, um, it lets you like click names and and move kids around on teams and stuff. So, um, but anyhow, so then what I do is uh, I had been just kind of doing a split screen. And half of the screen shows their, who their team is. And then the other half like shows the game board. So um, that's working well, or um, I also put into the chat too, who's on what team, but I have found that didn't work as well last week because my kids are getting not, they're getting more reluctant to physically answer a question out loud you would think okay we've been in this for like nine weeks now speak children speak but <laughs> they prefer to put stuff in the chat so uh the split screen seems to be working better because that way you know both of us can see instead of scrolling up to the chat and be like okay team one don't forget on team one we have you know and then you have to name the kids every time if they can see it that that helps um so yeah, so um so I've kind of figured out how to split them up into teams. And then as kids pop on, another reason I like that split screen is because as kids join in, you know, whether they're late or, you know, if internet's cutting in or out or whatever, every time they pop in, they can, you know, see whose team they're on without having to kind of stop what we're doing and then um and you know, refer back to that. So um, that's going pretty well. And, and the kids are just more engaged, you know, like they, they are not a fan of the e-learning stuff at all. Um, and so I have found when I, you know, incorporate these games once or twice a week, um, through surveys and stuff, they said that's one thing that they really enjoy, um, about the class that, you know, obviously, um, it's more fun. And I think also it, you know, it's proven that games, having the, learning fun helps them learn the material. So yeah, so it's,
1: that's going well. I like how you've like obviously taken the time to think about that because it would be easy just to you know, take the easy way out and we're gonna do notes and worksheets and that's it. But like the thought that you've put into how am I gonna pick the kids? How are we gonna still make this fun? How can I still use some of those review games that I've been doing in the classroom even though we're online, so that's really cool.
0: Well, not yeah. to mention, I'm sure the the trial and error. I mean, you I'm sure you tested it out one way, and now you know the split screen works really good, and the constant like modification and improvement in your classes. Um, so those of you listening, uh, keep doing it, keep trying different things because you're gonna find something that. That really works and your kids are going to notice that you're working hard and trying new things and they're going to be completely supportive of that as well COVID
2: has made me a better teacher i am confident of that it's not been easy and not always fun but it uh it has definitely pushed us that's for sure
1: <laughs> and i like the idea too of like you said the surveys do you send those out to your students like every week or is that just a one-time thing you've done
2: um I had done it after the first couple weeks and then kind of forgotten all about it. And then that was kind of a, our school improvement team really encouraged to send that out. Um, so we just got through our first, uh, we're on quarters, we call them terms, we're on block scheduling. So, um, so yeah, we did a end of term one survey. And so
0: yeah. Um, yeah, just to kind of see where they're at. I love that. Well, I, I'm excited to, to have you share this unfair game. And those of you listening, if you're hybrid distance in person, there's a way to do this game in all different ways. And so it's going to be one that you're going to want to get figured out and put in your review game arsenal because you're going to want to definitely be incorporating it into your classrooms. So I guess for everybody listening, describe what the unfair game is.
2: Um, It's kind of a play off of a game that my students loved in the classroom. And we called that one Bazinga. I had like a board and it had like one through nine on the game board it was just like little envelope pockets and I had um written on there a number of different scenarios on cards where they like gain two points gain five points triple your points double your points or they could lose points or they'd have to switch points with a different team or you you just never knew where you were going to draw which worked awesome for those kids that would get discouraged and not want to participate because the smart team always wins, you know, it, that, it that took that out of there because it's like, no, the lucky team wins in this game. Um, If
0: those I've heard that called zap. And I literally just had my friend who works in my classroom with me, Andrea make me a zap board. I've never heard it called bazinga, but you just explaining it. So I'm excited to try that. Um, (laughs) take a
2: picture and share it with you sometime but yeah it was super easy to make and and like I said the kids always liked it and asked for it on you know what do you guys want to do today you want to do basketball you want to let's do bazinga I'm like sweet easy enough and you know you could could ask any question and that's what's so perfect or some of these and kind of same with this template you can you can use any content. You can put pictures up there and ask, you know, to identify this vet tool or breed or, you know, any any content can just plug right into the template. Um, so but, how does
0: the unfair game differ from Bazinga or Zap, whatever you call it?
2: Um, the, I mean, it really, oh, so the main thing is, It's similar in the fact that they don't know how many points they're going to get. But so for this game, it shows them the question, but then on the template, I have the points on, um, you have to click on the slide if they got it correct to release the number of points that they receive. So they don't, each question, they don't know how many points it's worth. And so it's worth anywhere between positive 10 and negative 10 points. So, and they don't know that they have to wager um, after they've answered a question correctly. I said, okay, so now are you going to keep whatever points is on the slide or are you going to assign it to someone else? And so that's kind of where it's super fun because at first they all play it safe and just say, keep it. And then they finally start to realize, oh, wait, we can really kind of gang up on somebody, if it's, you know, minus eight points, then, and they assign it to someone one, they don't lose the eight points and then somebody else does lose the eight points. And so it's kind of fun that way. Like once they get into it, they kind of get gutsier and, um, you know, more willing to, to take a risk on that.
1: So, and you've been using the unfair game virtually then?
2: Yeah. So, um, like I said, I just do a split screen and I go into like present mode. It's, it's just in a a slide template. Um, yeah, so I'm in present mode and they can see the whole screen. They can see the question. And then, like I said, they don't know what the point, the points are until they have decided what they're going to do with it. And then that's when I click on it and then the little points pop up which on the template, you can see each slide, how many they're worth. And there again too, anybody that uses the template um, can adjust those points. If you wanted a smaller margin, you know, you could do negative five to positive five or um, shuffle slides around. So yeah, but it's, like I said, it's all set up where it's, um, you have to click on it. It's animated for the points to pop up so they don't see it until they've made their wager
0: (laughs) yeah and uh corinna shared her fun template so check out the show notes uh because it's it's so cute like your animations and your fun like uh graphics and colors in the background is super cool um and so she's already done most of the work now you just have to decide what point values you know if you're going to keep them the same or uh, are you gonna increase them, decrease them, add more? And I think your template, it was for wildlife, right? Your, your example questions in your template yeah. were uh, yeah. for wildlife. But that mm-hmm. being said, I guess, um, first off, when you put your kids in teams, how many kids in a team do you normally do?
2: Uh, it really just depends on who's showed up for the meet that day. <laughs> I have 27 kids in that class, um, about 13 of them show up. So like I said, that's kind of the nice thing about that name generator is just however many kids are there, it evenly splits them up and I don't really have to think about it. Um, I just have to decide how many teams I want, you know, do I want. Well, for this one, you really have to have almost three teams, if not four, just because I mean, I guess it would work with two. It's like, are you gonna keep them or are you gonna give them to them? And then you just kind of do that back and forth. Right. It probably really would work with two, but um
0: I so it's always nice, like I always like to have smaller teams just so those kids are forced to answer the question rather than like, well, there's four other kids on my team. I'm just gonna sit here. So uh so basically anywhere from two to as many teams as you want, essentially. Um, can work for this game. So, how have you seen the, your your students engaged while playing this game?
2: Oh, they, uh, like I said, I think they're they're way more willing to answer a question in a review game than they are. All right, tell me this answer on this, you know, digital interactive notebook or you know worksheet or whatever. Um, and then they start to get into it and, you know, and then you can see them, like you can hear them laughing and, Oh, uh, uh," if somebody loses a point or, you know, if they get a bunch of extra points and they, you can kind of hear them hooping and hollering and stuff. And it's like, Oh, finally something normal that you would experience in class, you know, then like cutting up and having fun. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I definitely feel like they are, um, and if they know it's coming too, I feel like more kids show up than if it's just I uh, I don't know, let's talk about this information, read this packet or go over this PowerPoint day.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of it too, like both, especially for virtual though, because um, like students are probably more interested in like answering the questions and paying attention and stuff because they might lose points from their team or, um, <laughs> see someone else lose points or gain points or whatever, rather than just, you know, other review games that we might use like Jeopardy is great, but um, you know, just that team is getting the points and stuff like that. So I like how it probably engages students more throughout. Yep.
2: And Jeopardy I've actually found works pretty good too, just because I tell them, whoever is the first to unmute is the one that gets to answer. So normally in class, they would be in rows and only the person in the front on the buzzer gets to answer. Um, So then this way, you know, like the whole class, it's each question is up for grabs for the entire class, whoever goes green first I call on. If they get it wrong, then their whole team can't answer correctly on that question. So then it's left to the other two teams or three teams or whatever whatever you know student knows so like if we have four kids on the team that answered it wrong then those other three can't answer but then everybody else can so I have found that virtually um, Jeopardy seems to keep them pretty engaged
0: as well. So what tips do you have uh, for teachers who want to implement the unfair game like behind the scenes what do you got to do to get this to get this set up, and other I and other it, tips and implementation. I would
2: say it's pretty easy. You just have to uh, make a copy of the slideshow and swap out the questions. Um, you can do you know if you have fewer questions, take out a couple of slides. If you um, have more questions that you want to review, or you know you have a longer amount of time, um, then just duplicate some slides and kind of shuffle them around and and there you go.
0: So, you know, like I said, they're all animated and ready to go, so it it should be pretty easy. And if you're in person, you know, you can can still use the template if you'd like. There's other ways to implement the, the unfair game, even just a simple like poster board with boxes that are numbered, those numbers relate to the question. And you as the teacher, you know, like Corinne said, you just have to have a list of those questions. Um, and then that number, you know, needs to match up with the list, you know, excuse me, the number on the board needs to match up with the number of the question on your test. So it can be done uh, in multiple formats as well, um, which I think is, is really cool.
2: And I think I actually got this idea from Aga Discussion Lab. I think someone mentioned it or referred it, uh, me to maybe a Pinterest post or whatever. So it's kind of an adaptation of what I found on what the Comprehensible Classroom is her blog. Um, but like I said, I just kind of made it into a, a PowerPoint. So there's a couple different resources that um, that I kind of saw had a, a variation of this so I, in no means is it a an original idea but just kind of tweaked what some other people did
1: and made it work for, for my group. And Nikki mentioned that your template is for wildlife so do you just do this in your wildlife class or have you implemented the unfair game in all of your classes?
2: I think I've only played it in the wildlife classes just because I've also worked in, um, I've done, uh, they like Jeopardy, so I've done that a time or two in all of my classes. Um, I, we've done the Gim Kit um, and we've done uh, Bamboozle is a really fun one that is super easy to set up um and bamboozle is kind of similar to uh to the unfair game and that bazinga that I was talking about in the sense where um you just create a bunch of different questions and then you can assign different points different point values for those questions and then it'll throw in some of those random swap points with a team or lose 5 points or um now you are going to be the winning team or, you know, it like throws in all those random ones. You don't set that the program sets it. Um, So like I said, I haven't done this with in my other classes just because I'm trying to like do a different type of game each week. So we haven't come back around to it, but, um, but I will.
0: Well, and it's so easy. I mean, this game could be for any class, any grade, Mm -hmm. any content for sure. Uh, You just have to have, you know, some minor set up ahead of time um, for it, which is what I, which is uh, what I like. Uh, So really, it's so adaptable for any other class. I'm glad you brought up the comprehensible classroom, because I was doing some research ahead of time. And she also uh, suggested the unfair game 2.0, which the unfair game that we're talking about, the winner has the most points. On her blog, she also shares an alternative way to play it, where once the value of the question is revealed, so the kids get to see the value, uh, and in the way Corinna is explaining it they don't get to see the value until they've told you if they're keeping it or assigning it. And this way they get to see the value of points. So if it pops up as positive five points, they get the the choice of keeping it or assigning it to another team. But instead of determining the winner by who has the most points, you determine the winner um, by the one that's closest to zero. So you could even switch that up a little bit as well. Uh, So if you've played it in your class before Um, switch it up. And so we'll share the link to the Comprehensible Classrooms blog that has um, some rules of how to play it, some modifications, um, some setup tips, um, most of which is uh, the same thing that we've talked about here um, as well, but it's just another resource uh, for, for those listening to start to implement this. But I also found a picture that I'll put in the show notes too, somebody uses sticky notes. So they just have a ton of sticky notes taped up on their board with question marks. And uh, you pull the sticky note off, it's got the number on the back. So if they pull it off and it's number five, the teacher has the list of questions on a piece of paper. They go down, they read question five. So uh, if if you're not into maybe um, switching up a PowerPoint slide, you know, to make this work. There's also ways to, to switch it up um, for a face-to-face setting. But I love how you were able to take it and make it uh, engaging for, for your virtual kids. Well, I just thought of
2: this while you were talking. Really, if you have the list of questions and you don't want to type them out or copy and paste or whatever, you could just go through the slideshow and just on all of the questions, question one, question two, question three, so then that way it's just a template there again for any content and you can just ask them questions on the fly where we go, okay, we're on question four. Question number four is, and then you just read it out loud where they don't see it or whatever. They just have to listen. And then that way you really could use it any old time you want without having to do anything other than to have, you know, your study guide or, um, so true. worksheet or whatever. And you'll be set.
0: So. Cause I, I mean, it's not going to surprise anybody, but I never have my review games ready in time. So whenever I can like grab it and go, it's best because I'm, I'm always good about like, oh yeah, I'm going to go do this a few days in advance, you know, change the slides and put the pictures on. I never do. And then I'm frantically doing it like right before class starts. So I love how you could uh, modify it that way too. So it, you know, it's ready to go for whichever class. You just know, you just have to have your test printed basically. Um, or if you give your kids a study guide afterwards, you know, it just matches with your study guide uh, as well. Brianna, I think your middle school kids are going to love this.
1: Yeah. I mean, all kids are super competitive, but my middle schoolers, especially, um, I think they would love doing this for sure. Well,
0: (sighs) I, I'm excited for it. I, I had just made the zap bazinga game. Um, And so we're going to be sharing about that in a different episode because we think just these simple review games are so powerful and we're always looking for ways to switch it up in our classrooms. Uh, I sometimes default to my favorites uh, too much for some, for some of my classes. So um, my advice to those of you listening, have a file on your computer. Um, of just review games that you can always go to to, uh even if you think you know how to play it right now type up directions so that way in you know a handful of years you can always refer back and say oh what was this game again uh and that's that's what i've started to to do and it's really helped me but we um we have a book to give away explore like a pirate uh it is a um dbc inc book that uh brianna has read and has loved and i it's on my to read list that's very long but um so we're going to draw for that i think it's really fitting to draw today because we're talking about games and uh the book is about gamification and it's a must read um brianna before i draw what are i guess What has reading this book kind of helped you do in your classroom?
1: Um, Well, I think it really gives you a lot of ideas on if you like are basically starting from scratch or you've never gamified your classroom before. It really walks you through and it has different tips on how to gamify a lesson, a unit, an entire semester class, or even an entire year class. So, if you are just beginning gamification or wanting to implement it more, it gives a lot of really great tips for that.
0: Awesome. I'm so excited. Corinne, have you read it yet? I haven't. I've heard people talking about it, but I kind of the same. I, yeah. I have a young
2: child and. <laughs>
0: on the list but you know
2: (laughs) add it with all the other
0: things (laughs) yeah for sure well we have a few names here on this wheel I'm sharing my screen um only because Whitney is on this list and if she wins again I need proof that it is not rigs and I'm sure she's laughing uh when she listens to this but I'm going to spin the wheel and we'll draw for this oh my gosh Okay, it's not Whitney. <laughs> uh, Heidi Lanning is our winner. Awesome. She is going to love this. Um, if, if you haven't read it and you weren't a winner, definitely it's a must buy. So um, check out Dave Burgess Consulting for so many good books. Um,
1: that's basically my whole bookshelf is Dave Burgess books. That's like my entire Amazon wish list that I've been giving my family for Christmas. And they're like, all it is is books. I don't see a problem. (laughs) So,
0: um, but uh, just a a few things. Uh, Corinne has shared uh, so many good gems and that we have in our show notes. First of all, we have the, uh, the template for her virtual unfair game. I threw in the picture to showcase how to use sticky notes to do that and she's also going to share uh, links to what was it, Flippity? We'll share the link to that blog. Um, she's got she's got so much stuff. So um, definitely check out the show notes for uh, for all the resources. Uh, Corinne, thank you for being here. We really appreciate you uh, and spending time with us today, um, and hopefully giving a good tool to some some other ag teachers. Uh, if you're uh, listening and you're you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts uh, and rate here by the Owl Podcast um, for us. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody.